Hello, everyone. Welcome to She Heals, our podcast. I'm Amber. This and I'm is Steph. Steph. Hi, Steph. And today we are going to be going through Steph's journey and just talking about how she discovered kinesiology, her very long healing journey, how she got <laughs> to exactly where she is today, doing what she does, doing what she loves. So, ready to get into it. Let's do it. Awesome. So loaded question, but how did you discover kinesiology? So I actually didn't know much about kinesiology. Uh, Actually, I didn't know anything about kinesiology. And it was funny when I was probably late 20s, I remember having a conversation with my auntie. I was suffering with really bad panic attacks at the time. Mm. And me and my husband were, we weren't husband and wife at the, at that time, but we were about to journey overseas uh, for Christmas. And I was absolutely terrified that I would not be able to make it on the plane. I thought I would have really bad panic attacks and not be able to go on this dream holiday that we had been planning for so long. So Anyway, my auntie and myself are talking and she was telling me how she went to see this kinesiologist. And I was like, what, what's a kinesiologist? And she's like, oh, it's a type of healer. She's incredible. She helps with like phobias and all of this kind of stuff. And I heard that and I was like, I've got to give it a go. This sounds incredible. So I remember making the appointment, just being really open and just seeing what comes from it. And I, much like yourself, Amber, I remember going into this woman's home, into her clinic and thinking, I have no idea what this is. I have no idea what we're about to do. But during the session, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she can actually read my mind. She knows what's happening. (laughs) And I'm like, this is some kind of like woo woo magic. I was like, what is going on right now? And she had tuning forks out. Those of you that have um, experienced that, I was just like, what is going on? But it was really funny because my body reacted like it was such a visceral reaction to what she was doing. And then really soon after I was able to get on the plane and I was completely fine. Like I was a little bit anxious, but I ended up being way less anxious than my husband at the time. So that's how my journey kind of started with it. And then I guess the rest is history. (laughs) That's amazing. And that's such a big impact on your life as well. Being able to go on the trip and, you know, Sam's more anxious than you are. (laughs) I know. It was incredible. I remember thinking, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to have a panic attack, all of this kind of stuff. And I ended Mm. up sleeping for a good chunk of the trip and he wasn't able to. So I was actually able to be that relaxed from just this one session. And it was, yeah, it was incredible. It was really, really incredible. Mm. But yeah, that was my first experience with kinesiology. That's amazing. So knowing now what you know about (laughs) what you were experiencing at the time and how kinesiology works and all of that amazing sort of stuff, what was happening for you that you were experiencing such high anxiety and, and panic attacks? What was kind of going on that was really contributing to just how, how horrible you were feeling at the time? So I guess 
oh, it's like you said, it's a bit of a long journey and there's mm. so much time in it. So I'll kind of make my, <laughs> make my way through it. But I guess it starts when I was about, I think I was about 26 and I had, I was a, I was working as a designer and a graphic designer and I had decided to go into teaching because I really wanted to work with teenagers and do design with teenagers. So really teach design and media and stuff like that. And I remember getting started with the course um, and during the course, there was just so much pressure. It was like a two-year course. It was a deep head. So a two-year course really kind of smooshed into one year and it was such an intense year like the amount we had to do and the amount we had to learn and the exams and stuff, it was really, really full on. And I think I was really pushed to my limit and I started having panic attacks. I knew I had had anxiety for a while before that, but I think that was kind of like my, the point where I was like, okay, I really need some help here because I started having, you know, my very first panic attack was while I was driving in the car and I remember a police officer, so a police car was next to me at the lights and I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. I need to signal to them because it was just, it was the scariest thing. I thought I was dying and anyone that's had a panic attack will know that feeling, especially that first one. And then I started having them, like I started having them, I guess at home or I'd start to get really anxious at work once I was teaching Um, or I would have them getting on a train and then I'd be really scared to start taking the train to work or, you know, to social events. So it kind of started making my world really small and constricted. Um, And that's when I, I remember a time vividly when I looked in the mirror and I was like, is this my life? And it was a really low moment for me where I was like, is this it? Is this me not leaving the house, me not experiencing life? Like I remember thinking I can't go out to a market. I can't go here because what if I have a panic attack, all of that kind of stuff. It was, it was really frightening and I Mm. didn't trust my own body. I didn't trust my own brain. I just felt like kind of like a prisoner in my own body. Um, And that's when I guess I started that was kind of like the the big turning point for me where I was like, crap, I really need to do something about this. Um, and then it was really interesting. I decided to go see my GP and she was just like, look, let's do a test. Let's do that mental health test. And it was pretty clear that I had um, quite high anxiety. Um, <clears throat> and she was like, you know, you can go on antidepressants that's fine. I'll, I'll write out the prescription. And while that's fine and so many, you know, I, I recommend so many people going on it when, you know, they're at a point where they really do need some help and support. There was a little voice inside my head that was just like, no, what's actually, what's kind of going on. I'm not at a point yet. And I kind of gave myself a time limit where I was like, I'm going to see how I feel for the next month. And then I'm going to come back in and Mm -hmm. see if I can kind of figure out what's kind of happening with my body. Um, So anyway, I started seeing a psychologist. She literally changed my life. It was incredible. Um, She 
is actually really um, highly regarded in like meditation and mindfulness as well. And that whole world, I guess, opened up to me. She taught me how to meditate, um, how to be present, all of that kind of stuff, and taught me about wow. my brain, like the science um, and how, like neural uh, uh, neuroplasticity and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I, there was like a glimmer, like that little spark where I was like, oh, my God, I can understand what's happening to me and I can change this. Like I can actually work through this and change this. So that was that was really, really powerful and I saw her quite regularly and joined a meditation group with her and that was amazing. And then through – it was really interesting. My healing kind of – went through phases where I would stay with that for quite a while. And then a friend of mine mentioned how she saw a naturopath and how she's helped her so much with her anxiety and depression, because I had experienced depression before as well. And then I went to see the naturopath and she was like, you know, while my mind, while I was doing all the meditation and the mindfulness, she was coming at it from a very physical point of view where she was like looking at my adrenals and she was looking at my hormones and all of that kind of stuff and got some testing Mm -hmm. done. And she's like, honey, your adrenals, like your tank is just empty, absolutely empty. So then bringing in some supplementation. So that way I could just start to have, I guess, a break in it's, it's kind of hard to explain a break in like, Mm -hmm. In, in the, in, I guess the heaviness of everything. So I had moments, I call them like little sparks where I was like, oh my God, this is changing. What does that mean? And then it would kind of give me that little bit more hope where I was like, oh, I can change this. So mm-hmm. after being on the supplements for a while, I was like, wow, I feel so different. So while I was doing the psychologist, uh, while I was seeing the psychologist, I was also doing the supplementation and you know changing my diet so that was really helping and then I started going to alternative therapy and that was the game changer for me while these other two and I call them my (laughs) a-team for a reason because I, I always say to them you guys saved my life like you guys are incredible um the the alternative therapies like I I went to um, hypnotherapists, which are unbelievable. Um, Reiki practitioners are masters. I did kinesiology. I, um, experienced, you know, tarot, all sorts of different kind of healing modalities. And that kind of, I guess, started me looking into the why of what's actually, what's actually happening. Why am I experiencing this? Why am I running from my own body, which is kind of essentially what happens when you're having a panic panic attack. It's like your mind and your body kind of split and you're almost like running Mm. from your body. Um, And then I started deep diving into a lot of reading and, you know, I know many of you listening will probably know this book, but, you know, um, Eckhart Tolle's book um, was suggested to me in my meditation group and, that changed everything for me. So it was like these little glimmers and sparks that really just opened up my eyes to, oh my God, what's actually happening in my body and how can I think and feel differently? And 
all of that stuff. It was kind of, I guess, mind blowing, but it happened over such a long period of time that it was kind of, it was really gradual and it was, oh, I just learned this. Oh, I just learned this. And yeah, it was really, it was really, really fascinating. And that's, I guess, how I started into all the alternative therapies. So the complementary mm. medicine side of things. Yeah. So they sense. all sort of, you know, all these tools just kind of kept building up and building up and trying a new, a new thing to try and see how it goes. And you tried it all. Tower, hypno, reiki, all the fun stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little bit about once you did start doing kinesiology sessions and, and going through that process, what did you start to discover, especially, you know, that mind body connection that, you know, you're mentioning and we both know, you know, exists. What were you finding through that process that, you know, how that mind and the body is really splitting through those panic attacks. What did you find in yourself happening? Well, I think, I think that kind of started before I even saw a kinesiologist. So when I read Mm. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, um, knowing that, like he talks about the observer. So he talks about the fact that we can actually observe our mind and there's that, there's that distinction and that separation of we're actually not our mind. And that kind of blew everything up for me because I was like, hold on a sec. I'm having all these intrusive thoughts. Wait, they're not actually true. Mm -hmm. And then I started to really question everything. And I think that's when I was just like, hold on a sec. Like, who am I if I'm not my mind? All of that kind of stuff. So I think that's where I started seeing the connection of the mind mind and body, like that mind-body connection, without even realising it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then I saw the kinesiologist only a few times. It's funny, a lot of our people that were – a lot of our friends that were in the course were like, oh, I've seen kinesiologists for years. And, and I remember <laughs> saying to someone, I saw like a kinesiologist a couple of times, but – it was really odd because when I was, when I actually started teaching, I was teaching for about seven years and I had done my Reiki course. I had secretly studied tarot as well and got my certification. Although I didn't tell anyone because I was like, Oh my God, what are people going to think? They're going to think I'm woo woo and all of this yeah. stuff. Um, but then I remember with teaching, I absolutely, I absolutely love teaching um, and love the connection with the students. Um, but I just felt like it was never 100% right for me. And I had, again, this little voice one day, it was a really hard week at school. And I had this little voice that was just like, just, there was no one else home. I was like, just go online and suss out what courses there are. And I remember my auntie talking to me about kinesiology and I was like, I'm just going to look it up. I've only tried it a couple of times. I'm going to look it up. So I looked it up and then I guess the rest is history. I remember having to talk to my hubby and going, actually, you know how we're planning these trips? Maybe I go back to school again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, He's a saint. He's so incredibly supportive. And he was just like, you need to do what you need to do. But going back to that mind-body connection, I only really discovered it when we were in our course because mm. going into the course, 
I remember the open day. Was it an open day? I think it was an open day. I remember going to it. Oh, you didn't go. (laughs) I remember going. I I was you. You were the first person to sign up for the course. I was the last. Yes, I was. I was the first person. I was just like, this is it. I have to do this. Um, But I remember going, I think it was like May or June the year before. And I remember going there and it's like, and we talk about this all the time. It was like walking into Hogwarts. It was like Harry going to Hogwarts where I was like coming home. It was the weirdest experience. I've never experienced this before. Cause I was always like, I'm a designer. I'm a, you know, I'm a designer. I'm a teacher. I'm this, I'm that. Whereas now I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm at home. Mm. And anyway, I remember, I remember our lecturer saying before we even started this year and a half will be more about you than it is about being a practitioner. And I was like, what do they mean? And I remember the lecturer, she was um, a beautiful lecturer was talking about her journey and how it just cracked her open and um, all this beautiful healing really, really began for her. And I was just like, "Uh oh, I need to do this. (laughs) I just innately (laughs) knew that there was something um, that I needed to do. And then in the course, I discovered going backwards now, I discovered that there was a lot of really old patterns, a lot of conditioning um, and a hell of a lot of loss and grief that I had depressed for a very long time because when I was, when I was 17, um, I had a boyfriend, beautiful boyfriend, and he unfortunately passed away and it was like the best way to describe it was like, you know, you have your childhood and teenage years and it was like color, technicolor, and everything just went to black and white in an instant. And it was like the world became really scary, really overwhelming. And it was the first real loss I had experienced. And it was someone that was my age who had their whole life in front of them. And it was just gone in an instant. And it was, yeah, it was the most horrible, horrible experience of my life. And I think, well, not I think, I know looking back now, you know, my family, my mum especially, did what they could to support me, but I don't even think they knew what to do to support me because I definitely went into depression Um, And I think that's where the depression and anxiety really kind of started to kind of kick in for me. Mm. Um, And I suppressed a lot of those emotions because, you know, I had people telling me, you know, oh, it's time to move on now and you need to keep on going. I was in year 12. So I had people, you know, I had so much support, but, you know, people are going, you know, we can do what we can to support you, but you need to do your exams. You have to do this. So it's like I had to really soldier on and just, you know, pull my big, big girl boots up and, um, and really just kind of get through it. Um, mm-hmm. and looking back now, like I was working with 17 year olds, I was working with, you know, as a teacher and you just look at them. And I remember working with some students and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like you're so young. And like, I went through that at your age. I'm like, that's crazy. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think when I started 
I think I realized I was like, oh, I really need to work through some really heavy stuff here um, because I can't be working and guiding other people if I haven't worked on stuff myself. So funnily enough, I know Amber will (laughs) remember this vividly, um, but the very first, I think it was the very first day was it the first day or the second day? Too. Either first or second day. Um, the lecturers <laughs> actually said something along the lines of um, there's always someone that cries on the first day. And I remember thinking, okay. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> it was me. It was me. So I remember getting on the treatment table and that same lecturer that Amber was talking about. He's got that way of, he's brilliant. I remember we used to call him Dumbledore um, with so much love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's just, his knowledge is phenomenal. Um, but I remember it's like an arrow straight through to your heart. Um, and I remember him saying there's, like he had just touched my, like touched points on my body and he's like, there is loss and grief here. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? And I remember my body was just shaking and I was, you know, barely getting a breath in and I was just sobbing and the whole room just, I guess, held me emotionally. And I think everyone was kind of thinking as well, what the hell's going on right now? Yeah. I don't know. What were you thinking, Emma? (laughs) At the time, we were absolutely fresh into this a lot of us have no idea what we're getting ourselves into and lovely Steph has volunteered I'm pretty sure for one of our first demonstrations um that was a rough one I think it was we were working pretty physically at that point like we were looking at sinus like sinus pain and you know now what we know about Chinese medicine is sinuses it's all about you know your lungs it's all about Mm. grief and loss so as our teacher just connected into that straight away. Poor Steph on the table being such a vulnerable and willing (laughs) participant. She just had, you know, a a breakdown, let it all out. Finally, all of this stuff that had just built up in the system and all of us students had no idea what was coming. We were just watching, witnessing, um, and we ended up just all going through it together. And we all went through similar experiences we I think we all banded together our, after that we all I think we all just thought moments. yeah we're a family now because it's it's funny we we really got to know each other's like I said patterns conditioning darkest thoughts and feelings yep. and oh, sorry not darkest deepest thoughts and feelings <laughs> and darkest um, too <laughs> and darkest too um so we really banded together because because most of us knew more about each other than their own families. Yeah. Um, so f- so for me, time. I cracked Sorry. wide open on the very first day. And I remember, I remember the lecturer pulled me to the side because I just, I could not work for the rest of that day. I was just, yeah, I was just a mess that day, but in a good way, it's almost like I had let out so much emotion that was just mm. stored and bottled up for so long. And I was really scared of it. I think that was the biggest thing. I was so scared of it. Um, And having that beautiful support allowed me to do it in a really safe space. So that, I think that for me was 
the big turning point that first day I was like, all right, this is kind of the real deal. And I'm going to have to work through a lot of my own stuff here. Um, which I didn't even realize until I had signed up for the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the course ends up being more of a uh, personal transformative experience Most than, definitely. you know, you're kind of prepared for. Most definitely. But yeah. It was really kind of brave of you as well to, to just do it in a, in a room full of people to be able to feel those intense feelings yeah. that we all, you know, it feels uncomfortable to feel them. Um, but it ended up being, you know, a really important key for you as well to actually yeah. feel them and to learn that they don't have to overwhelm you, that you can process them and let them out gently yeah. and slowly and in your own time. Most definitely. And I think for the next, I'd say for the next couple of months, like while we we're going through all that counselling, I think I realised how 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 much sensitivity I had, but I had always mm-hmm. been like, I'm strong, I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I can power through, I can handle anything. But I realised the power in just releasing and opening up and letting go and I think I'd yeah. cried in almost every single session <laughs> um, because I had so much just pent up and bottled up that it was just like it would, it would just flow, like people wouldn't even have to hold me, they would just ask something and I would just be like, all right, here we go. just let it go so for me the tears were really shedding some of that sadness was really important because I didn't realize how much and even it's funny even my mum says now she's like I wish I had like she said once to me which broke my heart a little bit but she's like I wish I had done more and knew what to do back then to help you but it was part of the journey it was a part of the journey I had to get there and I had to find my own way through it um and yeah that's kind of where the healing was I had to just feel everything Mm -hmm. which can be super scary yeah definitely um so tell me a little bit about as we you know kind of progress through Mm. our course a little bit as you started going on this journey of you know finally feeling these feelings letting them all out what did you start to notice going on for you how was that feeling how was that kind of changing changing you and who you were and well I think for me the anxiety like Mm -hmm. the the panic attacks pretty much stopped um because I really sat with myself there was no running away um and it's almost like an energetic running away it's not like you're you really know because you're frightened right um you Mm -hmm. really know what you're doing but um, sitting with myself and my feelings, a, a lot of the anxiety kind of eased in a huge way. Um, and I started to learn more about myself and I started to explore, I guess, more of what I was interested in without worrying about the judgment. That was like a big thing for me. So mm-hmm. as I mentioned before, the tarot, I was really scared to tell people I had been studying and I had my certificate uh, certification, sorry, in um, tarot reading, and then working through all of this stuff. I was like, no, 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 this is me. Like, I'm starting to really begin to love myself and really appreciate who I am and know my gifts and all of that kind of stuff. Because I think before kinesiology, I always saw sensitivity as a weakness, 
But now I saw it as like almost like a superpower. And I say it to clients all the time. I'm like, your sensitivity is your superpower. Um, so I learned way more about myself. I started be- becoming really confident and I started telling people about what I was doing. And I started realizing that people were like, oh, this is awesome. You know, oh, can you can you do a Reiki healing on me? Can you do a tarot reading for me? And I was like, wait, what? Like people are <laughs> reacting, not the way I you know I thought they would react which was really which was really wild um some people were definitely uncomfortable with me going into that world and that was okay I started to become okay with that um but yeah I started to learn more about me and then um pretty much I guess halfway through the course I realized that I had a lot of heart stuff like a lot of heart emotion stuff going on um that I really needed to start to work through and it was really funny I think from all the loss I had experienced in my life they had all always really been around the masculine so men in my life or boys in my life so um you know, the loss of my boyfriend, which was a huge, huge loss. And then, you know, another boyfriend um, finding out he was cheating on me. So the betrayal there. And then it was like, it was like all these little and big things mixed up together. I found it really hard to trust Mm -hmm. and to trust, I guess, men or the masculine. So I had to work through a lot of that and really begin that that journey and it's something I'm still definitely working through Mm -hmm. and working on because I think it's really important but it was funny I remember a I remember a very vivid balance that I had much like um you did Amber where a peer we were we were doing an online balance and the lecturer stepped in as well like she would come in in, into our breakout rooms from time to time just to see how we were going. And she could see that I was just starting to just fall to pee, like just really open up and it was very raw for me. And I realised in that moment that I wasn't being, oh, I wasn't open-hearted. I didn't have an open heart. I was always protective of my heart from getting hurt again and I didn't realize that there was this wall up and it was actually creating a wall between me and my husband and I hadn't even realized that it was there and this balance literally changed my life I can honestly say that because it was really funny I it it opened me up and I realized how much then stronger and closer we had become after it. So Mm. once that had developed and I was like, oh, my God, I can be like truly like intimate, like heart to heart. I was like, what was I doing for all those years before? (laughs) Like it was really funny. Like we've always had a strong connection, but now it's like next level. And I really, I really like I say this with so much, I guess, so much strength that it actually helped us in our journey to have our son. 
Mm-hmm. I know that, that there was that wall there and it was really stopping me from becoming a mum because I was really scared. I was scared of what if we have a baby and I get left? What if I get abandoned? What if there's loss? What if there's there was all these things, all the loss coming back? So mm-hmm. I had to work through a lot of that loss and realise that I'm actually okay. I'm going to be okay no matter what happens. And when when I, that clicked in my head, I was like, Oh my God. And then, yeah. And then our whole, like, I guess, fertility journey became so much easier, which was kind of mind blowing, but that was like a big thing in the mind body for me, because I realized how much energetically it takes to actually become pregnant as well. Like not only Mm. there's the physical, but there's the energetic side too in order to actually really receive because that's what it is like um, becoming pregnant. It's all about receivership and softening into your feminine and all of that stuff. So I, I really Mm. began my journey into, into that area, which I'm so passionate about. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about this femininity journey, because I'm sure that many people just like me, as we look at you, we see this beautiful feminine mother energy. She's a goddess, but from having such struggles and, you know, that kind of Mm. internal struggle of feeling like that masculine aspect of yourself, of I need to be strong, I've got to hold it together and all of those kind of, you know, beliefs that you learned. How did you go into transitioning into that more, being a bit more comfortable in that feminine aspect of yourself? Well, it's, it's something that I try and, you know, I'm definitely softening into more and more as I get older and even more so since I've become a mum. But my whole life, I remember from being little, I was always, you know, surrounded by my boy cousins. And, you know, I, I remember just vividly as a young girl, like, I just remember energetically knowing that, you know, it's, it's easier to be a boy. It's easier to be a boy. Like you, you know, you get listened to more or I don't know. It was, it was really, it's weird, mm-hmm. weird looking back because I, I definitely had some thoughts about being a girl and what it meant to be a girl. And as much as I, I love being a woman, I love being a girl. It is the best. It is the absolute best. But when I was a girl, I found it really at times unsettling. So I went into full tomboy mode, full tomboy Mm -hmm. mode. And I loved it because I was, you know, I was into sport and all of this kind of stuff. But um, there was a safety I felt in it. And it's stuff that I'm still uncovering now when I work with, you know, healers and my my other kinesiologist. I'm still working on that stuff now. But um, I was always very much strong, independent. And then when, when we started our course, I realized how much that was actually holding me back because I wasn't allowing myself to be supported, like, you know, and led like the feminine wants. The feminine is in her, in her best and in her bliss when she can fully express, but she needs to have that container of masculinity to, to hold and to protect and to provide in order for her to, be able to feel safe to express and be herself. Um, So that's something I was definitely exploring through our studies. 
And definitely since then. So we've been out how many years now, Amber? <laughs> Has it been two and a half? Gosh, it's a blur, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's about two and a half yeah. years we've been out now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's something I'm definitely feeling like I'm softening into. I'm learning more about and I love learning about it. Um, but I think the biggest the biggest journey into it was me in, you know, conceiving and um, my fertility journey because I think for me it was a bit of a long journey as in like preparing my body um, and then even just energetically like all that stuff I was just talking about earlier, I didn't realise how much I was like, I don't need anyone, I'm good on my own, da 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 you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it was it was definitely making things a little bit harder for me um, because I was creating these walls to protect my heart. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I always say to my clients, with those in their fertility journey, we work a lot physically, we work a lot energetically. The energetics are really, really big. If if um, if you are open to it, it's a really phenomenal thing to explore in regards to pregnancy and like motherhood and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But I always Mm -hmm. say to them, you only need to worry about you and your partner right now. Just focus on you both, your inner circle, your family, your hearts connecting, focus on that bond and allow your partner to hold you, allow them to support you, allow them to provide for you, allow them to, um, protect you, all of that kind of stuff. So, because as, as women, as feminine beings, when we are, you know, going through, you know, the start of, I guess, you know, conception and stuff like that, but also pregnancy, we have so much going on energetically. Like you are growing a human being and Mm -hmm. it's like you energetically are just there's so much energy going into that. So you really have to be supported as much as possible, however that looks, you know, whether it's from family and friends, whether it's from professionals, whether it's from, you know, your husband, partner, whatever it is, you have to learn that. And that's something I had to go through during pregnancy. I had to, I remember my kinesiologist at the time was like, how are you in feeling supported? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, are you able to let your husband support you so you can rest? Because I had pretty rough morning sickness only for a few weeks. I was lucky Mm -hmm. in my pregnancy. I know so many people suffer so much um, Mm -hmm. and have quite a bit of sickness, but I was, I was very lucky. But those few weeks were brutal. Like I was on the, I could not get off the couch um, and she's like, let him support you. And I was like, no, he's got to do this. And he's got to do that. I can, I'm, I'm good. I can support myself. And she's like, let him support you. Talk to him about that. And I remember talking to him and him being like, I want to support you. I want to look after you. I want to, you know, provide for us. That's my role. And I was just like, oh, and it's like all these things were kind of clicking. So yeah, it's been quite a journey. As much as my healing was a journey, the the uh, like the feminine, you know, the journey into the divine feminine has been another whole journey and it's something I will continue mm. to do, but it's something that I definitely talk about with my clients 
And yeah. it's been a really phenomenal ride seeing, you know, oh, I see a whole range of people because I love working. I, I primarily work with women and children. And um, when I get women in that are trying or about to start trying and they're like, oh, what does my body need or what's going on? We can do, you know, womb clearings to you know get the womb energetically ready we do lots of body work we do lots of stuff on limiting beliefs you know um I've had you know women that have experienced miscarriages so I really you know support them through that journey and help them with you know some of the trauma with that and even when women have had children the birth trauma because birth is trauma um even if you've had the most peaceful birth, it's still trauma. It's still trauma for your body. Um, Mm. Working through some of that as well. It's just been the biggest joy to work with these women that are going through this stuff and to support them. I feel really privileged and really honored. And I love that I can share my journey with them um, on what I've gone through. So that way they don't feel alone because I think that's a really Mm. important thing. Absolutely. And you've learned so much along the way Mm. through your own journey that it's like sometimes you can just give these little tips here and there and it it can change your experience so, so intensely. Oh, it's incredible. But I'm sure that that sort of, you know, that support that you mentioned as well, like feeling like you couldn't ask for support. A lot of women, you know, regardless of if they're in a pregnancy journey or not, a lot of women struggle to ask for help and support from partners in particular. Why do you feel that women and through this, you know, feminine journey, why do we find it so hard? Oh, there's like, I feel like I could talk on that for a few hours. Um, but I think there's so much to it. I think, you know, I feel like without opening a can of worms here, I feel like (laughs) for our, you know, our, the last kind of few generations with feminism, um, modern feminism, it's, it's been a thing where it's like, you know, we're independent, we're strong, we're, you know, we can do everything alone, which is, you know, it's, it's fabulous. It's so good and so empowering. However, it can also be detrimental because we're actually meant to, humans are not meant to be islands. We're meant to have community. That's how we survive. Like if you look back, you know, thousands of years, right. We're meant to have a community. We're meant to have a tribe. We're meant to belong. That's like, that's just basic survival. So when we have this mentality of I'm independent, I'm strong, it can it can really affect us and it can build walls, push people away. But when we're going through a feminine journey like, you know, motherhood, pregnancy, conceiving, all of that kind of stuff, it it really requires us to go into the feminine. Like I was saying, it's it's about receivership. You are receiving a miracle. You are receiving a gift, um, whether you call it God, source, universe, whatever it is. Um, I refer to it as universal God. But um, you're receiving this gift and it's it's one of those things where you really need to kind of soften into that. It's really important. So 
you need that support. Um, it, you know, there's that mm. saying, you know, when you have a kid, it takes a village. It really does. It really, really does. Mm. So you need as much support as possible. So, yeah, I think that independence and that that strength that we kind of strive for or we encourage young girls to have is great in so many ways. But I also think rather than say, you know, we're strong, I think we more need to say women are empowered or mm-hmm. um, are powerful rather than strong because I think strength, we're very different to men. Um, we're very different to the masculine and I think that's a beautiful thing. We're meant to be different. Um, mm-hmm. So I think when we talk about strength sometimes, I think it kind of lends itself to the masculine because the masculine energy is meant to be all about that strength. Um, yeah. So, yeah, without opening a can of worms here, I think <laughs> I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's it's definitely a superpower to get into um uh, to really work with the feminine and to allow yourself to be in the feminine. It's it's definitely tricky in this day and age because like I said, we're taught from a very young age to be a certain way. Um but there's such power in the feminine. It's not a weakness. Mm. It's definitely a power. Definitely. Yeah. And so now you are a powerful feminine healer and you're working mostly with women and children. So especially with kids, so going from teaching and now kind of doing sessions on kids, how have you found that transition and getting to work with children in in a different way that you might have um, in the teacher role? Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love working with kids. And it's funny. I feel like as time has progressed, it's, I'm seeing more and more kids in clinic. Um, and it's, you know, we always talk about this, our peers where you're, you're naturally a magnet and you attract the people usually that are going through similar things that you've gone through. So Mm -hmm. I get a lot of mums I get a lot of babies. I get a lot of kids and I've even seen um, quite a few teenagers too, which is really cool. And it's very different from teaching because in teaching, while I love teaching, it's you have a curriculum and you need to get through everything and you need to get things assessed and la la la. So I discovered really early on that I loved being a homeroom teacher. So I loved being kind of like, they would always call me their second mum, always mm-hmm. the girls. And I always had year nine students and they were just my favorite age. I know some people are like, oh my God, year nine, like, yeah, you know, raging hormones. Worst, right? and this, they, were, <laughs> they were the best. Like I just loved being a year nine homeroom teacher because the growth from the start of the year to the end of the year was phenomenal. And you really were able to guide these beautiful souls into that growth. So you saw them every morning, you saw them for a subject, all of that kind of stuff. And you always got to check in. So I love that aspect, but I found that teaching, I wasn't able to be one-on-one with the kids enough. And I hated that. I hated that I saw kids struggling and it was very much a, you don't have time to go into that. So send them to, you know, um, you know, the wellbeing team, which we had a, like, we have a phenomenal wellbeing team and counselors and all of that kind of stuff. But it was like, I 
I'd love to support them. I'd love to help them in some way. So I think going into kinesiology, I very much knew straight up that I would want to work with kids as well. And then we actually did a kinesiology for kids course with a beautiful mentor. And, um, and that was the thing that kind of changed it for me. And I just, I love it. I love it so much because it's, it's really good quality one-on-one time with them where the parent is, you know, when they're quite young, the parent's in the room and you get to really see the relationship between parent and child and you get to really know them. And sometimes it's, it's really beautiful because I've had, I've had kids on, you know, the treatment table, you know, that come in and they're like, you know, they're eight or nine and they're like, yep, yep. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, how are you feeling? Good. And you know, you get the grunts or the one word answers. And then after a few sessions, they open up to the point where the parents, you know, reading or looking at their phone and their parents are like, wait, what, what did you just say? (laughs) Um, So it's cool. It's so cool building a rapport with them. So, you know, they begin to really trust me and tell me things and share their feelings. And, you know, sometimes I've had some kid, uh, kid clients, especially like toddlers or the young kids where I'll hold a point and we'll talk about their feelings and they're like, yeah, I feel really sad about that. I'm like, okay, so what can we do? And, you know, we make a plan and all of this kind of stuff. And then they're like, okay, I'm done now. They hop off the treatment table and they're like, okay, mom, can we go now? (laughs) And it's like so quick. Like it's just all they need is to be seen and heard and held. And it's, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, helping the parents like you know recently I've had a beautiful client come in with her newborn and I could see that you know they really needed some support and I I said I'm I can definitely work with your beautiful baby but let's start with something for you and um, we did this beautiful meditation and she was able to release so much grief from the birth and she actually said to me when she came back the next appointment, she's like, oh, um, you don't know how much that helped me, um, you know, in so many ways. So, you know, going, going through my journey and, you know, some of the birth trauma that I've, I experienced with my son and helping women with that and their kids with that is, um, is like the best feeling ever very cool that's so good just being able to you know it's almost like you get to support yourself in a way it's like that's what you were experiencing and you get to give give that same sort of thing back that you that you needed in that moment too totally it's really amazing so tell me a little bit about what you kind of are offering in clinic at the moment what sort of sessions do you do what sort of work are you doing particularly with kids and adults what are you offering well like I was saying before you tend to attract what you've gone through so I work a lot with um the nervous system so a lot of people that Mm -hmm. are experiencing you know overwhelm stress anxiety depression all of that kind of stuff so I really support them with you know sometimes it's body work with their nervous system um a lot of the time 
we work with inner child healing we work with like actual trauma as well and um I'm, I'm studying more and more about it as well so i'm more and more experienced with it um but yeah quite a bit of trauma coming through and in regards to you know um people that are trying to conceive i i see a lot of women that you know have tried a whole range of different things. So they've tried a whole range of different things and then they may be finding it a little bit hard and they're like, Oh, someone, someone mentioned your name. Yeah. So working with a lot of, I guess, trauma in regards to that. So like I said, as well, you know, I've seen quite a bit of miscarriage miscarriages and birth trauma and then um, just motherhood in general. So the overwhelm that people experience, the, you know, the mental load, all of that kind of stuff. So really helping them through, through that and creating, I guess, more ease, more flow in their lives um, mm. and starting to put themselves first, which is a really uncomfortable thing for people and a really unsettling thing that, oh gosh, like to put myself first, what does that mean? Um, so supporting them with that. And then with kids, um, again, a lot of nervous systems. So it can be anxiety, overwhelm, a lot of, um, you know, behavioral stuff as well. Um, and then for teenagers, it's a lot of just emotional support, helping, you know, teenagers through loss or whatever's going on, relationship um, stuff that's kind of happening with friendships or, you know, their partners, that kind of thing. So it's it's a range of different things, but a lot of I work a lot emotionally and a lot energetically too. That's probably yep. my my go to. I would say. Yeah, and you're a you're a magician. <laughs> <laughs> the energetic emotional magician. <laughs> you're too sweet. Yeah. So what a journey from what a know, journey teenagerhood to studying to teaching to kinesiology and now running a thriving business and know, getting it's pretty, to support so many people in so many different ways and pretty you amazing. Know, you can even claim that you know a couple of babies out there were definitely all you're doing too <laughs> well it's it's one of those things where I always like to say that sometimes sometimes we just like I like I said we energetically have some stuff stuck or we have you know, so much stuff going on energetically. Sometimes it just needs a little bit of a clearing out. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do. And like you were saying in your, in your app, when you were going through your story, it's, um, it's like, you're a completely different person. I kind of look back mm-hmm. and I'm just like, wow, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a completely different person, but more myself than yeah. ever, which is the coolest thing. The coolest it's thing. Amazing. Yeah. And I also, you know, because we obviously went through our, our course together and I remember meeting you at the very beginning and I saw this beautiful, like confident, loud, bubbly, beautiful person. But then, you know, internally there was mm, still, so you know, so much like vulnerability and, and sensitivity and things that you were healing and, and working through that you just couldn't see from the outside as well, which I think is so kind of fascinating and as you've you know moved through a lot of that just seeing you become even more confident and powerful and 
you know it's, thank it's you, amazing Amber. too thank you <laughs> it's amazing what a mask what a mask you can wear without even realizing yeah right right <laughs> it's crazy but yeah i reckon you. you were one of the one of the loudest and and bubbliest in a good way definitely loudest So is there anything else that you want to add about your journey, about your clinic or anything at all from all of that amazing experience and journey that you've been on? I don't know if there's anything more I want to add about my, my own journey. It's been, it's been quite a ride. I must Mm -hmm. say that it's been quite a ride, but um, I wouldn't change a thing. And I always say to people, it's your own journey. It's not meant to look like anyone else's. Trust your intuition mm. and your gut and just see what comes comes of it. But there's so much support out there. So, like, yeah. kinesiology might be the perfect thing for you. It may not be. It may be something else. But, you know, Amber and I always say find the right practitioner for you. I think that's the biggest key. Whatever the modality, you find the right practitioner because that's yeah. going to help the most. And there's so much out there that... I guess so many people haven't explored um, mm. whether it's like the energetics or the emotional side, the mind body connection, just um, experiment and see what works for you. I think that's the biggest thing because in my experience, if my auntie had never mentioned that, you know, sliding doors, life would have looked so different. Yeah. So different. Exactly. So yeah, I guess just it's be open to whatever. Things you got to give everything a go once, right? And yeah. see if it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There will always be something. It's just about finding the right fit for, for your body, for your mind, for your soul, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's always something. Definitely. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Steph, for sharing with us all today and being so vulnerable and open and, and beautiful. And it was really lovely to, to get to hear just the amazing process that you've, that you've been on and, also celebrating your beautiful little boy too Mm. my baby boy I love him so much your baby boy he's so cute (laughs) (laughs) so thank you everyone for tuning in today and we will see you next time thanks everyone thanks Amber Bye. bye